My house has been my learning laboratory. I've become sort of a building scientist over the years. Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling incredibly and increasingly anxious about the fate of our planet. Climate change is all too real, and it is coming for us fast. Every day, the news just feels worse and worse, and I feel less and less capable of responding in any meaningful way. Because this is a show all about curiosity, I invariably look to curiosity in hopes of something. So I turn to the work of Dr. Judd Brewer, professor and director of research and innovation at the Mindfulness Center at Brown University. Dr. Judd joined me for a wonderful conversation about using curiosity to change habits and break addictions. Check it out on my website, choosetobecurious.com. He also focuses on what he calls our knowledge gap, the gap between what we know and what we want to know, and its implications for both curiosity and anxiety. Knowing too little about something that feels huge and overwhelming generates a lot of uncertainty, and that can lead to that anxiety or fear. According to Dr. Judd, it's the middle ground where we know something, but not necessarily everything about a topic that creates and sustains our curiosity. So could choosing to be curious about climate change, or even more specifically, curious about what we can do about it, help us beat back our mounting anxiety? Inspiration for today's episode goes back to 2003, when my husband and I bought our first and only new car a Honda Civic Hybrid. We were early adopters and quick fans of the hybrid car technology, and we were also soon fierce rivals as we competed to drive our fuel consumption down and our miles per gallon up. The key to that competition was the real-time dashboard display. We could see moment to moment how our driving affected our mileage and adjust our habits accordingly. So, As we contemplate the nexus of the global climate crisis and our personal agency, I wonder, can we leverage our curiosity to influence our behaviors in ways that are good for the planet? What information do we need? How might we best receive it? Can we stay in the middle of that knowledge gap, beating back anxiety and climate change alike with the power of our inquiring minds? Arlington County has made a significant commitment to reducing both waste and energy consumption, setting its sights on being carbon neutral by 2050. As the nation's first LEED Platinum Certified Community, Arlington is nationally recognized for working toward a sustainable and resilient urban environment. The county prides itself on having long proven success in reducing greenhouse gas emissions, managing stormwater, fostering environmental stewardship, promoting residents' health and well-being. Listening to Arlington County sustainability planner Helen Reinecke-Wilt on an EcoAction Arlington panel on getting to carbon neutral some months ago, I was pondering these questions about how curiosity might help us literally save the world. And I thought it would be great to have her join me to explore the question. So welcome, Helen. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Lynn. Well, I'm 
really pleased we managed to make this happen. And I, I guess I'm most curious about what got you into the field in the first place, because this has obviously been a longtime passion of yours. Yes. So the first 20 something years of my career, I worked as an urban and environmental planner and I have a degree, a master's degree in that. And I was doing mostly work to make communities more walkable, more pedestrian, bicycle friendly. And that, and in that regard, it was molding the landform and the buildings to make the world more small so that people could do that. <laughs> so most of that time was spent trying to get people out of cars because at that point we were worried a little bit more about air pollution and we didn't know so much about carbon impacts um, or that wasn't so well known. And then um, about 15 years ago, I started to work on my own home renovation and addition pro uh, project yeah. in Arlington. And at that point, I had started to really learn about carbon impacts and the impacts of fossil fuels and energy use on the planet. And so I started to try to make my home as energy efficient as possible. And I used a lot of new techniques or were techniques that were new then. My house has been my learning laboratory. <laughs> I've become sort of a building scientist over the years. And so then shortly after I was working on my own home, I uh, decided to sort of shift gears from being an uh, urban and environmental planner to working specifically on buildings and energy use. And that's when I went to start to work for Arlington County and the Arlington Initiative to Rethink Energy program. And I managed the Green Home Choice program there for the past 13 and a half years and have certified about 400 homes in the county and worked on many more, helping homeowners, builders, and architects design their homes to be as energy efficient and sustainable as possible. So that's kind of where I've been. I'm also work a lot in the county on solar installations and help, help people put solar on their homes. And also now uh, educating people about electric vehicles and mm -hmm. the need to get rid of our fossil fuel consumption holistically in buildings and in transportation. So you have a lot of power in your hands in your own life to do those types of things. So now we own an EV and our home uh, is very low, low energy home. So right away, you named actually a couple of what I would call curiosity practices, things that are ways that you think about yourself in this context of energy consumption, the environment, and your day-to-day -day behaviors. I love, I love the idea of your home as a learning lab or yourself as a building scientist. You know, if we all thought about our homes in that way, things would be different, wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. Let me just leap ahead to some of the things that the county does to sort of help others get into that same mindset. Are there things that you offer that would allow others who don't necessarily have the background and training and expertise that you have, but maybe have the curiosity that would help people learn some of the things that you've learned along the way? Yeah. So you're asking about programs that would help people learn about these techniques and... Yeah. Or, or even just begin to learn about their own energy consumption yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as we were preparing for this conversation, you had some 
mind-blowing statistics about energy consumption and where where energy's been able to be reduced and how and what the things are that we could do that would actually make the difference because I think as a layperson that's one of the hardest things I like there's so many things I mean what should I be doing what what would actually really matter like to get over as I you know from my opening like can I get past my anxiety like I'm powerless right. in the face of this right Okay, so how can you learn about your own carbon footprint or energy footprint? It's pretty easy. I often ask people when I have new clients come to me in the Green Home Choice Program, so how much do you typically pay for energy in the winter? Uh What was your most recent energy bill? And what what do you typically pay in the summer? And in almost 90% of the cases, people do not know. So I think a lot of people have their bills on auto pay and they just don't ever look at them. So that that's great to have that convenience, but maybe once in a while, log into your online accounts at Washington Gas and Dominion Energy, and you can see 12 to 18 months of your energy use. It's graphed for you. There are ways to see easily how your, how your energy use in your home is playing out. And then think about your your vehicle use too. What you know, maybe you could track how often you're getting gas. Play a little game with yourself to see if maybe I can stretch this tank another few days or another week. And I'm doing that by, you know, taking a few more trips by foot or by bike or however else you might do that. So I think those are great ways in your life to just take a few minutes and kind of see how you're doing mm-hmm. with energy. And then see if, you know, maybe make some little goals for yourself to see if perhaps you could, you could reduce that a little bit. Well, and I can really vouch for that because with the hybrid car and this, you know, moment to moment gauge on sort of how much fuel I was using, what kind of mileage I was getting, to me, it was absolutely irresistible that I try to improve my mileage. And I thought every home should have their energy meters like on the living room wall, <laughs> you know, instead yeah. of hidden outside. I don't know where everybody else is, but ours were, you know, around the corner and under a bush and, you know, you never looked at them. But having that information and then for us, it was sort of we almost gamified it. Right. And turned it into this contest of, you know, how can yeah. we drive it down? Or as you say, you know, how can we stretch it out a little bit? But a great practice, just just to even be curious about like, well, what's my current consumption and what what might I be able to do about that? So what are the places where the typical, I don't know, the typical American, the typical Arlingtonian's consumption is higher than maybe some people realize? Like if we were going to focus on one thing or another, where where might that be? I think in terms of vehicles, we tend to have pretty low mileage here in Arlington because Mm -hmm. our world's, a lot of people, when you move to the DC area, learn pretty quickly that you have to keep your life small. So you don't tend to not drive long distances. Um, Some people may, but a lot of people don't. So I don't think that's a primary thing. I think, I think it would be wasted energy in our homes I don't know if people in Arlington would keep their thermostats up higher, but we do have some very big new homes and they may use a lot more energy than the older, smaller homes, even though they, some of them might be more efficient in terms of the way they're constructed. 
So I think I think it would be our energy consumption in our homes would possibly be a little bit bigger on a per home basis than it might be in some other places. Mm-hmm. And the ways you can can improve that are by you know when it's time to change out your mechanical equipment, look for the for buying the highest efficiency unit. We are promoting that people look to switch to electric mechanicals and water heating in the home because we can't get to carbon neutral without doing that. We'll Mm -hmm. still be producing carbon, even if we have the most efficient gas furnace or, or water heater. Those are some ways that it could be improved. One of my favorite things that I discovered somewhere in the last couple of years was the energy lending library. Yeah. <laughs> Tell people about this. Talk about a curiosity practice, right? There's all this fun technology that people can borrow. Yeah. So the Energy Lending Library was started by my coworker, Adam Siegel Moss, maybe six or seven years ago. It's been a little while. And just a great idea that you create a kit that can be checked out of the Arlington Libraries. It includes a sampling of different types of LED light bulbs. Uh Um, And that was started, you know, six or seven years ago because people were still not that familiar with them. And it, it lets you look, check the, you know, the color of the lighting and the intensity of the lighting to see which types of bulbs would work for you in the home. I often go to Home Depot and I'll see people in the lighting aisle just like looking dazed and confused. And it is a difficult kind of process to figure out what, what you like. So that it has some, I think, some books on energy, home energy efficiency. And one of the cool things is that you can borrow a thermal camera that goes on your phone. Um, wow. It gets clipped onto your phone and you can go around the house and see where you have air leakage in the house, which is a huge energy problem. If we could seal up all the holes in our house and not even add more insulation, we would be doing a lot better, like 30, 40% better in a lot of cases. But you can also see where you're lacking insulation. So, and, and you can play fun games. You can, uh, you know, take photos of you and your pets. With the <laughs> but, but it's really, it might even help you find the water leak, you know, where pests are coming into the house. There's all kinds of things that can be done with those cameras. So yeah, take advantage of that program. Go to the library and check, check one out. You can actually buy devices that you can use in your home and set on the kitchen counter and you can see how much energy you're using and even from different devices at any time. You'd be surprised to see that your refrigerator doesn't use much energy most of the time, but it kicks into these moments where it's like defrosting and doing other things that where the energy use spikes. You can see how much energy you're using in your, from your microwave. They're actually also in the in the energy lending library. There's a little device, a kilowatt, I believe, that you can plug into the wall and see how much different devices are using. And people that have solar systems, even battery backup systems can integrate those and they can see how much solar they're producing versus how much energy they're using in the house. So there's lots of cool technology around that if you're really if you're really curious about it. <laughs> I like these programs for a lot of reasons. One I just I find the technology fascinating, but I also think that in the county's effort to, you know, create a smart energy culture, as you all say, that that the strategy of filling people's knowledge gap and giving people a sense of a little more information, so that we feel a little more powerful in the face of all of this, that that's um, 
that's actually really important. I mean, the research bears out your strategy. That's the good news. So describe some of Arlington County's energy plan, which I understand is award-winning. Congratulations. You know, some of the other things that maybe are available that people could learn more about and in the learning, maybe get more curious, but also have a greater sense of knowledge in the face of something that feels so daunting. Yes. So the energy plan has a number of components. And we talked about most of the energy consumption coming from buildings and transportation. So those are two of the primary elements, trying to get future buildings to be much more energy and water efficient and working on existing buildings to make Mm -hmm. them more energy and water efficient. So the Green Home Choice Program helps homeowners, both existing and new homes, try to drive that energy use down. And typically, a Green Home Choice house is using about 50% less energy than than a similar sized home out in the marketplace. So through that program, you can learn a lot about building science and energy efficiency. That's one kind of a one-on-one way to learn a lot. We have in the Community Energy Plan a goal to have Uh, 160 megawatts of solar power added to Arlington um, over the the next 30 years. One of the ways that we're trying to achieve that goal is we're putting solar on top of school rooftops. We're trying to do that so that we don't actually have to even own the solar systems. We can get a third-party person or company to install, own, and operate those systems so we don't have any outlay of money. Uh-huh. We are trying to work with third parties like Amazon to create virtual power purchase agreements or virtual solar farms that are out in another part of Virginia. We have one deal with Amazon and Dominion right now that we're hoping will start construction this year. And that will provide about 80% of the power to the county government facilities. So that's very exciting. We also have a residential solar cooperative. We're uh, in our eighth year this year. So with that, you can learn a lot about installing solar on your home and how it works through our information sessions and asking questions. It's this really supportive group that helps each other with this process and, and helps you buy solar at a lower cost. So those are some of the ways that we're trying to achieve that very large goal in the community energy plan. We also have a commercial program that helps multifamily or apartment, condominium, and commercial buildings. They can get a little bit of extra density uh, in their project if they make the buildings much more energy efficient and sustainable through the LEED program. A lot of people are aware of that national certification program. And then we require other things in addition to that certification to do that. So we encourage businesses to become more green in that way. And that's one way we're going to, we work a lot on future buildings and making sure they're as efficient as possible. We give extra credit if they become zero net energy or zero carbon buildings. We have a couple of examples of schools like that in the county with the Discovery School and the Lubber Run building might would be that as well once it gets a solar system installed. Um, there's a few other buildings that are trying to do that. So, you know, trying to get buildings as close to zero carbon, all electric, that would mean that they're super efficient and then they have solar uh, as well. 
our our ways of trying to reach those big audacious goals. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the places where the county's commitment with the county infrastructure and the business infrastructure, you know, sometimes we don't think about that as residents in the place, about sort of what the business contribution is versus the residential contribution. It's a great point. Right, right. Right. And I, I know this whole, the whole climate change topic is so overwhelming to people, just like you said, that you feel like you're part, sort of powerless, but there really are some significant things you can do to try to reduce your um, environmental footprint. And they're not that difficult and not that expensive. We also think the federal government will be providing monies to help us incentivize a lot of these things to make your you know, maybe you need a new furnace. And so you get a really great new high efficiency, high efficiency electric heat pump um, with some money. We're, we're hoping to have some programs to, to educate people about that and to help them a little bit with the, that um, transition. Very cool. Very cool. Well, count me in. I'm happy to help. And I'll just, I'll just give a shout out to your team. I have found you guys incredibly helpful and responsive when I've had questions or I've been curious about something. So it's a great, it's a great resource. Thank you. Sure, sure. I'm kind of like so a before, uh, energy coach. So <laughs> an energy coach. I like that. I like that. So before I let you go, coach, are you game for my big, big jar of wannabe analogies? No, sure. I'll give it a shot. Your questions have been good so far. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. That's the spirit. Okay. So I have uh, slips of paper. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these slips. Yours is cardboard box. Mine is tire iron. And then I have one for the audience. Do you want to go or you want me to go first? I want you to go first. So I <laughs> okay. What am I supposed to do with this? Tire <laughs> iron. Ay, ay, ay. Um, <clears throat> kind of ironic um, when we're talking about reducing our use of cars. So, so we use a tire iron to... Um, uh, to fix a flat. And I think curiosity is also a way of sort of fixing when we feel flat, like when we, when we can't move, when we can't get going, curiosity can do that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. It's <laughs> the best I can do. So how is curiosity like a cardboard box? Well, I could, I could talk a lot about that. I have a whole analogy of how our life is like a box. Um, but I do think that a cardboard box is a great emblem of curiosity because every kid I've ever known has their favorite gift of all of, you know, on, on the holidays or birthdays or something comes into the house or a new refrigerator is the cardboard box. And so to make the cardboard box your dream home, your your pet house, you know, your PlayStation, whatever it is, um, I think we can use our curiosity in life to think about how we used to think about cardboard boxes. Nice. Very nice. And after we play with them, then we should recycle them, right? Of course. <laughs> and audience, yours is wooden spoon. How is curiosity like a wooden spoon? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Helen, thank you so much for this. And uh, happy almost Earth Day. Um, and I'm excited to watch the, the solar launch again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. 
And I, I really applaud you for addressing this topic and all the work you do on Choose to Be Curious. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. Come find us online at WERA.FM. You can catch all my previous episodes, subscribe for podcast listening, and find lots of great related curiosity resources on my website, choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on social media, Choose to Be Curious. Don't forget to send us your wooden spoon analogy, Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Helen Reinecke-Wild. Links to Arlington Initiative to Rethink Energy, the Green Building Info, and everything you ever wanted to know about electric vehicles on my website, choosetobecurious.com. Thanks, too, to Sean Ballack for our theme music, and this is A Certain Lightness by Migration via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join us again next time, and until then, choose to be curious. Arlington County is currently in the beginning process of a transportation decarbonization plan. So if you're somebody that's chomping at the bit to get an EV and you just don't feel comfortable that you have enough places to charge at, first of all, there's over 100 charging stations that are publicly available in Arlington. So make sure you get out that plugshare.com map and it can show you where all these chargers are. But this plan will help us try to figure out how we convert all of our school buses We are considering the conversion of the art buses and to basically help the community convert to electric vehicles. So it will have plans to put charging stations throughout the county to try to make them accessible to everyone, whether you live in a single family home or an apartment. Just try to come up with a holistic plan to make this conversion as easy and as fast as possible. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.